رمضان رمضان بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم السلام عليكم dear brothers and sisters and welcome to Ramadan nights on Al-Bayan Radio on this 17th night of Ramadan I'm your host Abu Abdurrahman and I'm very pleased once again to be joined by my dear beloved brother Sheikh Khalid Muhammad. Assalamu alaykum Sheikh. Wa alaykum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you on this 17th night of Ramadan 1443 after the blessed Hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Well alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah everything's going very well. Uh, 17 nights, I know every night probably it's been said that uh, time's flying and subhanallah in just a night or two um, everybody will start going into itikaf. Everyone's going to start going into the seclusion, subhanAllah, if some aren't already in there. And and yeah, inshaAllah ta'ala, it's a time to really just uh, start, you know, going and rushing, if you'd like to say, towards that finish line, pushing harder than ever these last 10 nights, looking for uh, Laylatul Qadr, inshaAllah ta'ala. May Allah allow us to reach that. Amen, amen. Inshallah, we will have some discussions regarding the last 10 nights, their virtues and what we can do during these last 10 nights. Uh, before we continue, we'd like to welcome all our viewers, all our listeners, listening to Al Bayan Radio or watching online on the, our YouTube channel or on Facebook at ASWJ Australia or listening through our apps, please download, share our, our channels wherever uh, you are getting your podcast. Please share away and share in the rewards. And from this upcoming Friday, the 22nd of April, uh, for those in Sydney, Al Bayan Radio will be on 107.9 FM in Sydney. So please tune in in your cars when you are driving around or in your FM radios, wherever you may be in Sydney, on 107.9 FM from this upcoming Friday, the 22nd of April. And we will be on FM for two weeks, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. Sheikh Khaled, uh, last, uh, a few days ago, we, we, we had part two of the etiquettes of visiting others. Uh, before we start that and continue, uh, it is the 17th of Ramadan. And we just like to remind our brothers and sisters very briefly the massive event, occurrence that happened on the 17th of Ramadan in the second year after Hijrah. Just so we can, you know, motivate them, encourage them to sit with their children and discuss the greatest battle in Islam, Yawm al-Furqan, the day of distinction. That which separated between Iman and Kufr, and I am alluding to the Sheikh. You can enlighten the, us further. Subhanallah, Ramadan is a time which a lot of people think that you know we're not meant to be going out too much. We're not meant to be you know as active. We're meant to be a lot more sluggish. And naturally, that that may be the case to some degree. Uh, but exactly, Sheikh, like you mentioned, Subhanallah, that in Ramadan, some of the greatest battles. Some of the greatest wars went down. Subhanallah. Yani. And as you mentioned, Sheikh, of course, the Sheikh's referring to the great battle of Badr, uh, one of, if not the greatest battle in the history of um, Islam, subhanallah, and in history in general, where as we know the story, inshallah ta'ala, approximately 313, 350, an approximate number, yani, uh, uh, went up against, of course, an army of the kafar of a thousand uh, plus, subhanallah, of the kafar. And alhamdulillah, Allah Azza wa Jal granted them victory. 
And every Muslim can take a lesson from this. And I remember, subhanAllah, approximately four years, I think it was ago, here at Belmore, I actually gave um, a short lesson, one of the short lessons that Belmore, of course, has every day before the Taraweeh at 7 o'clock um, uh, this year, subhanAllah. And I remember on the 17th night, I did make mention and we gave the short lesson of that, um, just a short, of course, you know, abbrevi- abbreviated version of the Battle of Badr. And wallah, brothers and sisters, yani, if you really take a look back at uh, 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 Ramadan, Ramadan in the history of Islam and what the Muslims would accomplish in those uh, in this month. Sorry, Wallahi, yani they accomplished so much and won so many battles that you can just imagine, Subhanallah, that if we were in their positions, Allahu A'lam, what we think the way some of our mentalities are today. You know, Ramadan, we're fasting. How are we gonna go out to war? How are we gonna go out to battle? And the like, Subhanal Khalik. But of course, the Muslims, yani, should have an optimistic and positive attitude. And if they're with Allah. Allah will be with them. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu, in tansurullaha yansurkum wa yuthabbit aqdamakum. You who believe, if you give victory to Allah, Allah will give victory to you. If you give victory to Allah, some of the ulama, they said, if you uh, um, uh, perform the wajibat and stay away from the ma'asi, and Allah Azza wa Jal will give you victory. If you do pretty much what you're told to do, and you stay away from that which you're told to stay away from, that in a way, uh, is given victory to Allah and Allah Azza wa Jal will give victory to you and be with you and subhanallah as I said uh, I just gave the talk actually Sheikh today we were talking just briefly about taqwa and you know even if we got off on a little side rant no something which is so important subhanallah is as we know in this month um, this is the month of taqwa you know that's our main and ultimate objective subhanallah and that's something that all of us should know by now you know if you're asked what is the main objective of this month? What is the one thing you really want to get out of this month and come out of this month having attained and accomplished and achieved? If you don't know the answer uh, uh, as taqwa by now, then you really need to check you know, yourself and what, the, what your goal is this Ramadan, subhanAllah. And one thing I mentioned today in that short little talk um, uh, at Auburn, subhanAllah, Bukhari house, is a lot of us have heard that's the main goal, that's the main accomplishment. But brothers and sisters, don't forget what are the fruits of taqwa. What are the fruits of taqwa? Yes, we want to become from the muttaqun and muttaqin in this month. But what is just, for example, a couple of things that Allah will give us when we become from these individuals? You know, the sheikh just mentioned... And we just mentioned, just of course, very briefly, that the greatest battles in history went down in the month of Ramadan, subhanAllah. And Allah Azza wa Jal gave these individual individuals victory, and they truly were from the muttaqin. So if you want victory, Allah will grant you victory. Just be with Allah, Allah will be with you. But what are just one or two of these fruits that I'll just quickly mention because of how important it is, even though... <coughs> This wasn't initially part of the lesson, but Allah Azza wa Jal, He tells us, my brothers and sisters, and this is a reminder and advice to myself first and foremost and everyone listening, if you ever feel trapped, if you ever feel like you're on that iman low, if you ever feel like there's no way out, be from the muttaqin, be from those who truly fear Allah Azza wa Jal, because Allah says, and whoever fears Allah, Allah will make a way out for him. It's like you're in Sheikh. Imagine like we're in right now, pretty much a little room, you know, we're boxed up, subhanAllah, in between four walls. Imagine there was no way out. You know, whatever you're going through, brothers and sisters, always remember that. Be from the muttaqin. And as Allah says, whoever is from these individuals, whoever possesses that trait of taqwa, whoever truly is God-conscious, God-fearing and fears Allah, stays away from the haram, does what he needs to do from the obligations, Allah says, whoever has taqwa of Allah, وَمَن يَتَّقِ اللَّهُ يَجَعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا 
Allah will make a way out for this individual. And subhanAllah, like I said, it's as if that person that doesn't have taqwa of Allah, it's like he's trapped. It's like he's in a box. It's like he's got no way out and nowhere to go. But it is Allah who grants him that way out. And then Allah Azza wa Jal, he says, min la yahtasib. And then he'll grant that individual from somewhere which he never would have, subhanAllah, thought of pretty much. You know, sometimes brothers and sisters, uh, and sorry, Sheikh, I'm doing a lot of the talking now. Uh, subhanAllah, sometimes brothers and sisters, you, as I said, might feel low. You might feel, uh, uh, Wallah, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? Who am I going to talk to? But Allah is there. Allah Azza wa Jal is enough. And that's why he says directly after this, And whoever puts his reliance on Allah, whoever relies on Allah, Allah is sufficient for him. Allah Azza wa Jal is the Al-Ghani, the all-rich, subhanAllah, the one free of need. And Allah says, Ya ayyuhal nas, antumul fuqara'u ilallah, wallahu huwa al-ghani wal-hamid. O mankind, O people, you are the ones that are in need of Allah. Indeed, Allah is the all-rich, the one worthy of praise. So brothers and sisters, one of the fruits of having taqwa, if you really come out of this month the way we want to, the way we should come out, Allah promises us He will make a way out for us from everything. Allah doesn't mention from what? Allah doesn't limit it and restrict it. He mentions it generally and that indicates from anything and everything. And Allah will make a way out from somewhere you could have never and grant you things you would have never thought they would have came from these positions and the like, subhanAllah. And like I said, if you're having money problems, if you're having, wallah, a big problem, Sheikh, in our day and age, I'm sure you've received questions about this in the past. I constantly receive these, you know, monthly or, or, or every few months, a question about this infertility, subhanAllah. You know, a lot of brothers and sisters, of course, many of them are impotent in the community. Some, of course, might, you know, feel as if they don't want to speak about it and the likes. But look, subhanAllah, what Allah says. And wallahi, I had a circumstance which um, uh, a brother was speaking to me regarding this and his wife also. And wallahi, يعني, a young, very young couple, subhanAllah. And pretty much they were speaking about um, this situation of theirs where they were not, one of them was not able to get uh, children. I won't get into obviously the details, but wallahi, these, this brother and sister, nahsabuhuma they were good people, inshallah. Of course, Allah knows what's in the hearts, but they seem like good people, sincere people, and people who do fear Allah. And Allah Azza wa Jal, after the doctors have said this, one of them يعني, has a certain rate, I think it was 70%, 80% chance, no way he's going to be able to pretty much have a kid. And then I think the doctor had said once, maybe, maybe, he said maybe once every 10 years, something like that. But alhamdulillah, this couple, subhanAllah, continued to do what they're doing of studying, worshipping Allah, doing what they're doing, subhanAllah. And Allah Azawajal blessed them not even a year later, oh, not even a year later. And these are just some of the fruits, as I said, of the taqwa of Allah. You know, subhanAllah, Allah will give you a way out. As I said, whether it's this infertility problems, whether it's money problems, financial, whether it's marriage problems, whether it's problems with your parents, parents with the kids, whether it's problems with the brothers or sisters at work, at school, wherever you are, Allah will make a way out for you. And just keep that in your heads this whole month. Brothers and sisters, keep that in your minds that this is just one fruit. If you really come out of this the way we want to and according to what we want of being or from being from the muttaqun, Allah Azza wa Jal will make a way out for you for ev from everything and he'll grant you and gift you and bless you from ways you could have never imagined and as Allah says whoever uh, uh, puts their trust in Allah Allah will uh, suffice them or Allah is sufficient for them uh, Ramadan Sheikh. Ramadan is a month of aid victory success uh, for the believers as we have seen in the glorious magnificent history of Islam but that's not our topic today Maybe in the future we can discuss it, inshallah. 
back to our topic, the etiquettes of visiting. This is part three. Let's get straight into it, Dishaykh. Insha'Allah ta'ala, today we'll just begin with, um, we'll probably hopefully, if we can get through four or five, insha'Allah. Perfect. And then, uh, insha'Allah ta'ala, next lesson uh, should be the last lesson. I uh, will start off with the point we left off last lesson, which is do not go too early and don't overstay the visit. Now, don't go too early and don't overstay the visit. For example, if you're given a time, don't sit there going hours earlier, brothers and sisters. Especially without telling the host. If the brother tells you, Allah, be at my house, inshallah, at four o'clock, we're going to have lunch. Uh, a late lunch, but we're going to have lunch. And then you go rock up at one o'clock. This is not from the etiquettes of visiting. He gave you a time. Try your best to uh, 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 go on time and not go too much earlier. Now, someone might say, but what if, you know, they want you to go a bit earlier? What if, you know, you overstay? This is where it can go back to custom. And this is where as well, you can pretty much liaise and speak to the host. You know, speak to the host. Now, Sheikh, um, yeah. sorry to cut you off there. In some customs, it's rude to come late. Yeah, that's correct. Yani, 100%. That's why just be on time. Come a bit earlier and that's it, inshallah. What do you think in Ramadan is the uh, advice? In Ramadan, everyone knows the time. Yeah, that's for it. Iftar. That's it. Yani, come an hour before, two yeah, hours, some will get upset. What do you think? <laughs> what's what's ideal uh, from your experiences? Look, yani, I think that um, this is what was, this is one of the points that I wanted to discuss as well. I think it just it's circumstantial. Depends and, on yeah on an individual basis. 100%. Like I'll give you an example. Subhanallah, when I obviously came back from overseas not long ago, and uh, obviously the parents. Obviously, it's they want you. They'd want you to come a bit earlier. They want to see the kids. They want to see the grandkids. They want to see. You know, they'll be happy. So it depends who you're visiting. Depends as well, who yeah. you're visiting. Your mom is a bit different. Yeah, your of parents. course. Of course, that's why it can really go off an individual basis. If it's just, for example, a brother who just invited you um, uh, uh, randomly, you don't really know him too well, but he did invite you. For example, well, obviously, I doubt he's going to be expecting you to come <laughs> too early. An hour and a half, two hours earlier. Probably within the half an hour. Yeah, is probably Allah ideal. I think it's yeah. Exactly. And like I said, always, you know, just just ensure, give him a message give him a call you know i'm leaving the house i'm coming something like that yeah, the point good, yeah. is yeah don't go too early um uh because obviously the the, the host is going to be most likely a bit too shy to tell you nana <laughs> you're too early wait outside or something like that so i i definitely think it would have got off a circumstantial kind of situation individual basis um depends who you're visiting as you said sheikh and the likes and allah Azza wa Jal actually mentions regarding this and this is about overstaying the visit as well and going a bit too early allah Azza wa Jal, he says ya ayyuhalladhina amanu la tadkhulu buyutan nabiy illa an yu'dhana lakum illa an yu'dhana lakum ila ta'am so firstly allah says O you who believe, do not enter the houses of the Prophet unless you are permitted for a meal. And then Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, غَيْرَ نَاظِرِينَ that Allah Azza wa Jal says not so early as to wait for its preparation and some of the ulama they got from this verse here that we should not go to the guest's house as I said too early but we did say it is on a circumstantial basis and an individual basis if you're visiting for example someone who you know for a fact once you're there early. Or Sheikh, I'm sure you know we've been in situations where maybe culturally, if you don't go a bit early to help out, it seemed as it's looked at as rude. You know, sometimes yeah. if you you know it's like, oh, these guys just come and eat and go. Sometimes it is looked at like that. So as I said, the custom of the people, and last lesson we did mention brothers and sisters that it could be an individual custom of an individual or a communal custom that it's known, subhanAllah. So the point is that you know who you're visiting, inshallah. Just take that into consideration. I'm sure يعني, we're more than uh, able to do that. Then Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, فَإِذَا طَعِمْتُمْ فَانْتَشِرُوا وَلَا مُسْتَأْنِسِينَ لِحَدِيثِ So if you finish the meal, after you eat, disperse and do not sit 
for so long being keen to chat. And we're going to mention a point about this, inshallah, to put it more into context. Then Allah says, and this is the reality of many hosts out there, Indeed, mm-hmm. that used to harm the Prophet. It used to annoy the Prophet, subhanAllah. Yani that conduct of you staying back and talking and staying for ages, it used to hurt the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, minkum, wallahu la yastahi min al-haq. And he used to be too shy from you. The Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, even though he got a bit annoyed at that, hurt at the fact that they used to stay back and just pretty much hang out talking and stuff like this. But the Prophet's the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he's obviously a man too and has things to do. And he has a family as well. So Allah says that used to hurt the Prophet, annoy the Prophet. But he used to be shy from you. He didn't, out of his character, of course, and his shyness, he didn't want to kick them out pretty much. But then Allah says, Inna Allah, la min Allah does not shy away from the truth. Yani to teach you and to um, uh, 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 teach you the conducts and the manners and the morals and the etiquettes and things um, like this. Then we'll mention just quickly, subhanAllah, how this hadith came down. Uh, and wallah, it's actually very important to take this into consideration because sometimes you're at a brother's house, brothers and sisters, or you're at a sister's house and Alright, well you've been sitting there for an hour now after the iftar They've brought out the tea, they've brought out the coffee, they've brought out the snacks Okay, what are you still doing? What are you still waiting for? Are you waiting for them to get you a blanket or something? So sometimes here I'm trying to say You can see from their facial expressions You can see from their facial expressions that Alright, these guys want me to go you know, pay attention to these things, um, brothers and sisters. The companions many times would be able to tell the Prophet's emotions through his facial characteristics. When he'd hate something, when he'd get angry at something, when he'd be happy Sorry. with something, subhanAllah. So when you go over someone's house, pay attention to their facial expressions. Pay attention Wallah, if they if they keep going out or for example they're on the phone and they say, Oh yeah, I'm just waiting for my guests to go, I think that's a clear indication that hit you the should road. <laughs> that you should yeah hit the road, subhanAllah. So we'll just mention quickly how this had this ayah actually came down. Uh, Anas radiallahu anhu says that a banquet of bread and meat, and this shows us subhanAllah how uh uh not extravagant the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was uh, Anna says that a banquet of bread and meat was held on the occasion of the marriage of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to Zainab bint Jahash radiallahu ta'ala anha yani, this is the Prophet's marriage and his walima pretty much was bread and meat you know it wasn't anything too much too extravagant so the point is subhanallah uh, is that Zainab bin Jahash, of course, married the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and whoever's listening and can tell us, inshallah, inform us uh, how did or who instructed the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, or in other words, who married Zainab bin Jahash to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. If anyone would like to answer that question, you're more than welcome, inshallah, taala, to post that on uh, either YouTube or Facebook. So the point is here that. Anas radiallahu anhu was sent by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam to invite the people to the walima, to the food and the banquet and the likes. And so the people started coming in groups and they would eat and then leave. And that's the etiquette here. They would eat and then they would know, okay, well, the Prophet's got things to do. The Prophet has other guests, for example, that are coming in. So they would leave. And then another batch would come and they would eat and then they would leave. So Anas says, I kept on inviting the people until I found nobody to invite. And this is from as well the barakah of the Prophet's dua, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. As comes in other narrations that he actually made dua. So all of these people coming in groups and groups and groups. But the food was enough, subhanAllah. Mm-hmm. And that's just a side reminder, brothers and sisters of the hadith, that the food of one 
is enough for the food of two or for enough for two. The food of two is enough for four and the food of four is enough for eight. That's a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu showing us that the barakah is in or with or pretty much in the congregation and congregating to eat together and the likes even though of course it is permissible to eat individually. So the point is then I said, Ya Rasulullah, I don't find anybody else to invite. I literally invited everyone that I can, everyone that I saw I invited, subhanAllah. So the Prophet wasallam said, carry away the remaining food and then a batch or a group of three people stayed behind. This is the point now. A group of three people after everyone had eaten and they themselves have eaten and everyone left, these three people stayed behind, chatting as the hadith Shaka, says. If you could just bring your mic a bit forward, you're having some some uh, issues with your so, sound yeah, just close as you can to your mouth okay is that inshallah ta'ala that's good so the, the, the hadith says then the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam now he literally saw these three people sitting down they're the only ones that never left and didn't go and then they're sitting there talking and chatting in one two three and the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam He's busy. He's got things to do, as we said. So what did he actually do? He left and he went towards the dwelling place of Aisha, the house of Aisha radiallahu anha. So you can imagine if you're in this position, brothers and sisters, you go to a host's house, they host you, they feed you, they put you the snacks, and you're just still there to the extent the host actually has to leave and he goes, does something else. Don't stay in the house. This is a clear sign the guy's got something to do. So in this case, the Prophet ﷺ, he left them because obviously he got a bit, you know, as we said, annoyed, a bit uh, uh, hurt or frustrated. So he went to the house of Aisha radiallahu anha. And then Aisha radiallahu anha, she said, Salamu assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. How did you find your family? How did you find your family? Yani how did you find your wife? And this is something, subhanAllah, that is beautiful even amongst the wives. They used to ask, how did you find your wife, the other wife that he was uh, meant to be um, at, on that day? And the hadith mentions he actually went around after he went to Aisha's house. He went back and still found them talking and the likes. So he went to his wives and they all said the same thing until he went back, subhanAllah, uh, to the house. He found them chatting until they realized obviously what's going on. They ended up leaving and then Allah Azza wa Jal sent down the verse. And the point as we said from the verse is yani after you finish Once you finished eating then leave and don't sit there for especially so long eating or oh sorry chatting and talking in one two three but as I said in our custom it could be seen as rude in our day and age to just leave straight away. You know, you eat and leave straight away. So as I said, depending on who you're visiting and when you're visiting, brothers and sisters, if you're visiting a brother at Maghrib time in Ramadan for iftar, what about the guy wants to go pray in the masjid? He wants to go pray tarawih. It's not wise here to sit for an hour after the iftar, an hour and a half. Maybe he wants to get ready. He needs to go to the toilet. He wants to do something before he leaves. Whatever the situation is. But let's just say once again that you know the host personally. It's a parent. It's a child. It's your brother or sister. You know them. It's your good friend. And they want you to stay. And they'll be happy for you to stay and the likes. Then stay. No problem inshallah ta'ala. But as we said, don't overstay the visit too, too long as well. So you don't harm the host and his family. And that's why there's a statement as we said in Arabic they say that if you visit then lighten that visit and I think we mentioned as well on the first lesson or in the first lesson especially at things like the Aza and the likes you know the family is mourning you don't go there and sit for four five six seven eight hours on end and then some people as you mentioned Sheikh as well they do it every day this is a burden this is a burden subhanallah 
Uh, anything you'd like to add, Sheikh, to that? Barakallah perfect, Sheikh. And just a, a reminder to us that we are a moderate nation. Exactly, more things, subhanAllah. You know, we don't overdo it. Uh, we keep, you know, the people's... Uh, uh, the people's uh, what they're used to, their custom in mind when visiting, and and don't overdo it, don't underdo it, and try to keep uh, you know the people's interest at hand uh, whenever, even when visiting. You know you want to leave a positive influence when you visit someone, not a negative influence. Where the next time you know you want to visit them, they'll make up every excuse exactly to make not. sure that they're not <laughs> home or something's on or. <laughs> Subhanallah. Uh, the next point, Sheikh. Fadal. Inshallah Ta'ala will speak about now, brothers and sisters, giving the salams upon entering now. Giving the salams upon entering. So obviously we took the verse, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu, la tadkhulu buyutan ghayra buyutikum hatta tastanisu wa tusallimu ala ahliha. O you who believe, don't enter houses other than your own until you have asked for permission. And alhamdulillah, we spoke about that in a bit of detail. And Allah says, and greeted those who are in them. And Allah says, فَإِذَا دَخَلْتُمْ بُيُوتًا فَسَلِّمُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِكُمْ تَحِيَّةً مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ مُبَارَكَةً طَيِّبًا that when you enter the houses, when you enter uh, the houses, greet one another with a greeting from Allah, blessed and good. And we already mentioned uh, the ideal greeting is, of course, to say, Assalamu alaikum uh, wa rahmatullah, Assalamu alaikum, adkhul, and the likes when you seek permission. The point is, send the salams. Send the salams. Allah Azza or the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he mentions, and subhanAllah, this is something we should all be doing. And even this Ramadan and outside of Ramadan, on the streets, at home, whatever it is. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says, nafsi biyadi la hatta By the one in whose hand my soul is, you will not enter paradise until you believe. وَلَا تُؤْمِنُوا حَتَّى تَحَابُهُ And you will not believe, يعني, truly believe until you love one another. أَلَا أَدُلُّكُمْ عَلَى شَيْءٍ إِذَا فَعَلْتُمُهُ تَحَابَبْتُمْ Shall I not tell you something or of something that if you were to do it, you would love one another? أَفْشُ السَّلَامَ بَيْنَكُمْ you know, give, give the salams to one another and spread the salams between one another. And we know in another narration that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said to give salams to those who you know and those who you don't know. Ah, Shaykh, sometimes you're in the street, a brother looks at you as if he's about to come hit you. A brother looks at you as if he's about to come, you know, clobber you with a, a left and right for what? I didn't even do anything to you. I just looked at you. I don't even know you. <laughs> Here what breaks the ice is the smile and the and salam. The salam. Subhanallah, wallahi, brothers. Sunnah. Yeah. You could look at one another and literally one of you might look at the other as if you hate the other for no reason. But that, as you said, Sheikh, that assalamu alaikum, that's it. It's done and dusted. You are saying there's no beef. We're all good. <laughs> peace be upon you. I want peace for you. You are uh, safe from me. All of these things, subhanAllah. Wallahi, the salam is so, so important. And of course, when you do give salams, if you can, Sheikh, of course, we know to handshake as well when you're able to. Now, you don't need to always, for example, if you enter a large a gathering or a, a lesson at a masjid. You know, there's 30 people sitting down. The sheikh's giving the lesson. Not assalamu alaikum and you gotta go <laughs> to everybody sitting down. No, no, just assalamu alaikum is sufficient. And we know that when some of the companions would enter the gatherings of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the hadith mentions they would sit at wherever the majlis ended. They would sit at wherever the majlis ended. And the, the virtue of that regarding the, the handshake brothers, which subhanAllah, I was discussing with a few brothers uh, the other day, and they didn't actually know this. And uh, I thought that's why I will add this to the lesson. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, مَا مِن مُسْلِمَيْنِ يَلْتَقِيَانِ فَيَتَصَافَحَانِ إِلَّا غُفِرَ لَهُمَا قَبْلَ أَنْ يَفْتَرِقَ Like Allahu Akbar, that there is no two Muslims that they shake hands when they meet. 
they shake hands when they meet, that or accept that Allah would forgive them before they depart. Allah will forgive you guys just for shaking hands upon the meeting. The, far, the past few years has become a, some of a, a, a abandoned sunnah because of the COVID yeah, and the people, uh, you know. <laughs> subhanallah. Allah, it's, yeah, it's, it is, it uh, is. I, even to now, I, felt, I find that some brothers are still hesitant to shake, shake hands. hands yeah. yeah, they give the little elbow. and <laughs> The elbow, the fist pump. <laughs> the fist pump or just the hand on the, on the <laughs> chest know. or something. Subhanallah, brothers and sisters. Yani, as you know, the sunnah, as we just mentioned, is, is for the handshakes. And just one thing actually on a side note is you see a lot of people, they, they like bend down. They bend down. Oh, right? yes. yeah. That should not be done, brothers and sisters. And I see a lot of that, subhanallah. Uh, and that should not be done at all. Uh, you do not kind of like uh, you don't bend there's no need to bend at all and it's not from the sunnah and it's actually sort of a mini bow yeah exactly you should avoid it definitely and that definitely should be avoided um, as many ulama have said and this comes obviously from the sunnah as we know Sheikh the funniest one I found is uh, you know they they, they don't even say it they say this one oh yeah Some of the yeah, elders, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. on my, how do you want to translate it? Yeah, you're on my head. <laughs> you're on my head, meaning I hold you in high esteem. Yeah, you know but I, mean? I won't touch you. But that, <laughs> that, that's one of these ones. Subhanallah. So so brothers and sisters, يعني, when you do meet, give the salams. And when you uh, uh, do meet as well, give the handshakes or handshake, inshallah ta'ala. That's from, of course, the etiquettes of visiting as well. That when you do visit, obviously, after the, the host allows you in the house, you know, man on man, give the handshake. We're not saying, wallah, you need to, you know, don't, don't look at his wife. Yes, salamu alaykum. <laughs> that. That's what I was going to put, a, <laughs> yeah. like a footnote, a ta'aliq there. That just brothers to brothers, sisters to sisters, sisters, sisters. unless it's uh, from the maharim, as we know. Subhanallah. And, and that's the thing as well, brothers. Also in the streets, we don't, <laughs> we don't want anyone to misunderstand us. Not wallah. Uh, she's looking at me in a bad way well she's not even meant to be looking at you and you're not meant to be looking at her anyway <laughs> you don't say well oh, she's looking at me in a bad way I'll send the salams to her <laughs> this needs a, a whole uh, discussion definitely, in and of itself you definitely. know maintaining modesty in gatherings public gatherings yeah. uh, you know and, and, and without you know someone being offended because people today get offended very easily in the end of the day Islam rules everything for us 100% we have to be happy with all that Islam has legislated. Sheikh, uh, moving on to point yeah, number three. We'll yeah, we'll number just two. go on to point number three. Just one more thing, brothers and sisters, Bob, Bob. regarding entering the houses, your own houses, give the salam, subhanAllah. There's a narration, brothers and sisters, and this is so important because a lot of people don't. Maybe they, I don't know why, they feel shy from their spouse or, or I don't know, awkward from their spouse. I'm not sure what it is, but once you train yourself, it'll just become second nature. Wallahi, but of course the intention is still there, inshallah, and the likes. The point is give the salams when you enter the house. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in this narration, some ulama have classified it as weak, but inshallah it's an authentic narration, um, as Sheikh al-Albani rahimahullah mentions. Yeah, he says the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, إذا دخلت على أهلك فسلم يكن بركة عليك وعلى أهلك. That if you enter upon your family, يعني of course the house and the likes, give salams and it will be a means of blessing upon you and your family. You know, you want blessing in the house? Give the salams when you enter the house. How many brothers and sisters, they walk in their house? How are you? I don't know, honey, I'm home, sweetie. I'm not sure, Yani, I'm not the most romantic guy, but <laughs> I'm sure there is some of the... Honey, I'm home. Is <laughs> yeah, some of the, the, the those romantic brothers are out there, inshallah. The point is, before you go into that, you know, those comments, assalamu alaikum, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, adu wa barakatuh, this is all good, inshallah. The next point, Sheikh, uh, is that Above. mentioning Allah and His Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You know, this is so important and this isn't limited and restricted to the visiting when you go and visit someone or someone visiting you, but also in any gathering, 
in any sit down, in any assembly, whatever it is, always at least mention Allah Azza wa Jal and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam at least mention them يعني, once in the in the sit down at least remember Allah Azza wa Jal and who Allah is and just keep revolving all your conversations revolving around the deen we're not saying you can't talk about the dunya but in that sitting if you don't mention Allah and if you don't mention the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam these are not my words but let's see what the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he says he says Ma'amin Qawmin and these are authentic narrations 100% authentic which we're mentioning here ما من قوم يقومون من مجلس ولا يذكرون الله تعالى فيه إلا قاموا عن مثل جيفة حمار وكان لهم حسرة that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said, there is not a people who leave a gathering in which they have not remembered Allah, except it will be concluded for them as if they have finished from eating, from eating a rotten carcass of a donkey. Allahu Akbar. It will be concluded for them because they didn't mention Allah Azza wa Jal in that gathering. It will be concluded for them as if they had gotten up from eating a rotten carcass of a donkey and it will be a cause of grief to them. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says, مَا جَلَسَ قَوْمٌ مَجْلِسَ لَمْ يَذْكُرُ اللَّهَ تَعَالَ فِيهِ وَلَمْ يُصَلُّ عَلَى نَبِيِّهِمْ فِيهِ إِلَّا كَانَ عَلَيْهِمْ تِرَهِ فَإِنْ شَاءَ عَذَّبَهُمْ وَإِنْ شَاءَ غَفَرَ لَهُمْ That the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, whenever a group of people sit in a gathering in which they do not remember Allah, and they do not supplicate to elevate the ranks of Rasulullah. Yani they do not send salutations on the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The hadith says such a gathering will be a cause of grief to them. If Allah wills, he'll punish them. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. And if Allah wills, he will forgive them. And if you really think about it, brothers and sisters, if you're not mentioning Allah in that gathering, and you're not remembering Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in that gathering, then what are you going to be talking about? Or what are you going to be saying? It's either you're remembering that which is revolving around Allah and the deen and the likes, or وَالْعِيَاذُ billah the opposite, and forgetting Allah, and forgetting Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and forgetting the deen. And I think we'll finish off with one more, Shaykh, if that's okay. Well, sure. Lowering the gaze, and we've already mentioned this briefly, but we'll mention it in a separate point now. Lowering the gaze begins from outside of the house and continues inside of the house. That... As I said, this isn't only for visiting as well. And we mentioned this previously very briefly. Don't look into the house when you're parking up. If the blinds are up, if the door is a quarter open or something, don't go and start looking into the house and one, two, three and trying to find out what are they doing. But as we mentioned previously, they have women folk, for example. His wife might be uh, not completely dressed and he's obviously not expecting someone to sit there looking into the house and one, two, three. Especially, especially, especially if you're sneakingly trying to do it. And inshallah, we're going to get to that next lesson. But the point here is the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, That the permission in the first place and seeking permission was only placed uh, and was only enjoined so as to prevent looking or so as to the gaze. So when you're going to seek permission, one of the main reasons that was placed there for you to do that is to prevent your gaze from pretty much falling on something uh, that you should not have looked at in the in the first place. And we already mentioned the hadith, the previous hadith, that the Prophet sallallahu had that midrah, which is that kind of iron comb or that comb on a bar, whatever it is. Think of it as a comb of iron, scratching his head with it when one of the companions uh, uh, pretty much looked into the house through a hole of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he says, لَوْ أَعْلَمُ أَنَّكَ تَنْتَظِرُنِي 
that if you if I knew you were pretty much looking at me uh, looking at me not necessarily waiting but looking at me I would have pretty much uh, uh, subhanallah poked you with it or poked your eyes um, with it which is as we said something which is very severe and very harsh but my brothers and sisters yes Islam is a religion of peace of course of course we know Islam does mean submission but of course Islam is the religion of peace but when it comes to harshness Islam is a religion where you need to be harsh at times. And that's why last lesson we did mention, I'm not sure if anyone did comment, but we said the Prophet wasallam advised us. And take heed to this, especially the brothers who should be in the masajid a lot more frequently than the sisters. The Prophet wasallam, he said, if someone announces lost property in the masjid, then tell him, La lak. May Allah not give it back to you. Subhanallah. Because the masajid were not built for this, he says. The masajid were not made for this. If we're going to open the masajid for lost property and transactions and buying and selling and businesses and companies and one, two, three, the real purpose of the masajid is going to be, subhanallah, looked. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned that, yani, if I had known that you were looking at me, I would have poked your eye with it. And then he added that asking for permission to enter has been enjoyed so that one may not look unlawfully. And... The last hadith here, Shaykh, is regarding also this topic, of course, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa And look at how severe this is, what we were just talking about. Yes, Islam is a religion of peace. But when it comes to being harsh, when it comes to being hard, you need to be for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jal. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, Man ittala'a fi bayti qawmin bighayri idhnihim, faqad halla lahum an yafqa'u aynah. That whoever looks into a house of someone without their permission, Whoever looks into the house of someone without their consent, it is permissible for those people, the hosts, the people of the house, to put out their eyes or to poke out their eyes, which is a severe punishment, subhanAllah. So under Islamic government, of course, let's just say someone uh, who was inside the house saw someone sneakingly looking into his own house and he threw something at that person. And that person who was looking into the house without the permission of the person inside the house, his eye, for example, was to become blind or something. The ulama, they say here, there is no blood money. There is no eye for an eye in this case. There is nothing like that because it was his fault. And that's the hadith of the Prophet wasallam that whoever looks into the house of someone without their consent, it is permissible for that someone to poke out or to put out his eye, subhanAllah. Uh, what do you think, Sheikh? Would you like to do one more or would you like to? Up to you, Shaykh. I've got a few messages I have to mention, and yep. uh, we'll conclude, inshallah. You inshallah. Want to mention yep. We'll leave yep. it for next week. We'll leave it for next week, inshallah. Hopefully, next week we should be. It should be the last lesson of this series. Barakallahu We got a few messages. Sister Zahia Muhammad, Allah barik fiq, Ya Rab. That's my mother, actually. <laughs> Always showing support. May Allah Azza wa Jal bless her. And the big love her. Barakallahu fiha. Abu Amar, Barakallahu fikum. Fika Barakallah. Brother Muhammad Khalid, Barakallahu Fikum, Wafika Barakallah. And we thank all the brothers and sisters for their messages. You can comment, feedback, questions on the ASWJ Australia page there on the live stream and also on YouTube uh, on Al Bayan Radio Australia. I'd like to thank the Sheikh for the presentation tonight on the etiquettes of visiting part three. Just quickly, we took four points. Point number one is, uh, was don't go too early and don't overstay your visit. Point number two was giving salam when entering uh, the home, even in your own houses. And also the sheikh spoke about 
shaking hands as well. Point number three was mentioning Allah and His Messenger when visiting, uh, when in the gatherings, when in the sit-down. And the last point was the lowering of the gaze bef- begins from outside and continues once you're inside uh, the person's house. Barakallah fikdi shaykh. Inshallah will be uh, with the shaykh um, in the upcoming week as well. I'd like to thank all the brothers and sisters who tuned in tonight. Please do continue supporting Al Bayan Radio. Don't forget, we'll be on 107.9 FM from April 22nd, uh, 2022, in Sydney on 107.9 FM. And wherever you are around the world, you can listen to the Al Bayan Radio by downloading our app from the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. Until next time, barakallahu fikum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah.